1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of my first show. We have someone very special today. Why is she special? Well, she has had a really exciting, uh, I would say, pandemic showbiz existence with (laughs) television shows that are streaming, television other shows that are being announced, as well as her glorious beauty Phantasmus that is Miss Ashley Park. Hello. Yay, hi, uh... <laughs> I'm so happy to be here with you because first of all, I, I mean, you are a Broadway favorite. You are an Eva Price favorite. Um and I know You're you an are. Ashley favorite. <laughs> and whenever I see you
3: at like an opening and stuff like that, it's always like, oh my gosh, the safe <laughs> space. I love it. Yeah.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. And like You have had a meteoric rise since I met you in in such an amazing way, and we met we
3: met during K-pop,
1: right? We met during K-pop, so we're talking like 2017, which is like going on three years, and you know that's when Trump was taken office, so a lot can happen as we know in three years. (laughs) And and it has been kind of incredible to watch this growth, yet. Every time I see you, you're so grounded and real and honest and authentic and lovely. And Mm -hmm. you're why I wanted to do the show, frankly, because I want to know about All your early beginnings and I want to get into
3: it. I was going to ask you not to like turn the tables for a second, (laughs) like at the beginning of the interview, but I was just wondering, like, you know, when you asked me to do this, I thought, what a cool concept that you're asking about people's first shows and stuff. But in, you know, as as people are doing podcasts and stuff now, I'm wondering like why you decided to use this angle or why you were curious about this with people.
1: Yeah. So... At eight o'clock, Tuesday through Saturday, I would usually be somewhere other than my living room. Under normal right. circumstances, <laughs> right? I am a Tony voter. I am a Broadway producer. If I'm not in tech or at a preview of my show, I'm at someone else's show. That's and so true. yeah, right. And so, like, I started to have. And thank you for asking this. It's very sweet. I started to have a little bit of like a visceral effect of being home every night, watching Mm -hmm. television or reading or being on the phone or cooking. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I gotta give credit where credit's due. My girlfriend, who you know, and love and- I love her. Oh, I love her. Is she ignored you. Will you tell her hi? <laughs> she's she's not in the in the podcast studio, but I will okay. give her your best. Okay. Um, you know, she she and I were talking and we love podcasts. And I had always said I wanted to host one. And she was like, What, why don't you? <laughs> Why don't you just do it? And why don't you do it right. about the thing you love, which is theater? And because I am someone who grew up in theater, I, I grew up going to shows as a kid. I was in shows as a kid. My my history with shows really has informed Mike oh yeah. That said. photo of you and when I, you were
3: young in that one school, that play. <laughs> oh my God, I died. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I'm that same wide eyed girl. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's really a thing. I've remained the, the fan and the, and, and, and part of the crowd, even though it's my day job. Well, I think that's um, what makes
3: you a good producer. And you, oh. you know, you, you feel that when it's like very genuine and then you feel like you're being taken care of
1: as an actor, you know? Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for saying that. Thank you. And, and so that, that was really the impetus is. I was depressed and I was sad and I missed being with actors and writers and creatives and talking about theater. And mm-hmm. I was feeling very nostalgic for, for my past. And so thus the show was born. Cool. Yeah. Well,
3: I think you're a perfect person for one of these things just because I think you know so much about the industry and you're in it, but also again, like you're somebody who's very easy to be comfortable around in the industry. So I think it, that makes for a good podcast podcast
1: host. And I didn't even pay you to say that. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, so, you know, it is strange times. It is perhaps a bit of a positive time with perhaps vaccines coming our way and new presidents. So I think I'm, I know my shoulders are, are relaxed, um, a tad bit today, but it has been the strangest 10 months of our lives. So I, I need to start every podcast with the same question and that's, how are you? Yeah. Well, I
3: think, I mean, what you just said, it's like definitely the most hopeful chapter in this entire time. And like, again, like I think the word unprecedented is just so like, it, it really is that for everybody right now. I'm, I'm good. You know, I think every day is kind of like a reflection on where I, where you are right now, yeah. um, and I I've been like I'm so grateful for this, but I really have been going so nonstop for a long time, and I I have just been trying to make the most of. This time, and I, I, you know, you've seen me around. I think I'm a, an extremely social person <laughs> and extremely um what people would consider extroverted. And I've realized in this time that I'm a very extroverted introvert. Um, yeah. it's been good for me to have time alone and you know, not to d- delve too deep, but I've I've been through this before when I, you know, I had cancer in high school. And so yeah. it's interesting when people a lot of people ask at the beginning beginning of quarantine, you know, how how are you feeling through this and everything like that? And it's interesting because I learned, I I think I gained a tool set in being quarantined alone in high school. I was um, inpatient for about eight months. And what was interesting was that at that time I was, uh, my world stopped and everyone else got to keep going with their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a way, this is almost easier because everyone has been put on pause, everyone's world. Um, And, not that I would prefer that to just my world being put on pause, but I do think that i've I've been uh grateful and lucky to have been able to be there for a lot of people in my life, especially people in our industry um and try to give some kind of hope in that way, just because I've been in the position where I ended at a young age where I was like, I really can't see past this. Like, I don't, I don't ever imagine a world where I'm not in this hospital, bed alone. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm here past it, you know? So I, I do think that, you know, when you kind of meet people and you understand right away, oh, they get it. Like they just get the world, they get, they get it. And it's usually because, and you know, everyone's been through shit, part of my language, but you know, everyone's been through hard times and like some people come out on the other side knowing how to move forward. And I think that I'm actually really hopeful now, especially with, you know, Biden and Harris taking office and such that I think that, um. We can all be at that point on the other side together, and we're all just going to be seeing each other very differently. And there, there is a world where we come out much stronger. But I think it's just still the little of anxiety of like, what if it goes the other way? You know. So yeah. that was a big way of saying, I think I'm I'm good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because the world was res- the word resilience has been coming up constantly throughout this, right? Like those who are able to function best are the resilient ones. Those who who are able to get through this are are, are frankly the introverted extroverts actually because they don't mind being alone <laughs> and they know how to create presence and energy when they have the opportunity to do so. So I, I'm actually so I, I actually understand that having been through a type of trauma that you've been through and survived and excelled after it that like this trauma is sort of okay. Not right. all that, I mean, it's, kind of like,
3: it's kind of like when your friend, like when your best friend goes through like heartbreak and you're like, I see what you're feeling. And yeah. when you get on the other side, like I have faith that you're going to get on the other side of it. But it's sometimes they can't see that. And yeah. I feel that way kind of. And I think resilient is exactly the word. And I think that, again, not even as the cancer survivor, but as an artist and someone in this industry, I think the art, artist community is actually must thrive on resilience because how much of how a a big percentage of our world is disappointment and rejection. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. the perspective of not seeing it that way that allows us to continue, you know, Mm -hmm. and be excited to continue. So I do think that I, I do, I am hopeful for all of us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really funny that you, cause a lot of, a lot of people did this, whether they, you know, had to because of financial means or or wanted to because of emotional means, they went home and they lived with family and they re-sort of lived this like, you know, high school or growing up world with, you know, parents. But as adults, I love that you did that. What like Well it was yeah, I mean it like? was
3: completely by accident. Like I am such a believer now and I I don't think I'm fatalistic, meaning I don't think things are predetermined for us. I think that's very um, not giving to like any possible growth or change really, but I do believe in fate. Um, And it was just so – it's so crazy how the beginning of pandemic kind of like folded out for me in terms of mm-hmm. I had just closed Grand Horizons, our play on Broadway. I think it was one of the last plays or shows, mm-hmm. if not the last show, to get its official closing before Broadway shut down. Mm-hmm. So we got to close that, and I was I had a couple weeks before Millie was going to start, and so I, you know, my my sister had been teaching in China for three years, and I've been on a Broadway schedule and filming. In different places. So my, my parents and my sister and I had us four had not been in the same room together for about three years. Cause you know, broad <sighs> schedule, we'd also don't get holidays and such. Yeah. So I, I was heading to LA for some work and stuff before, Millie started. And on my way there, I was going to stop in to see my parents and my sister was going to be able to be there. So we're like, great, we get two days together. And the day that I landed, that was the day that Broadway shut down. And so we're like, oh, great. So I I guess the two days, it turned into two months where we all went from not seeing each other for three years to living together. And, you know, like for me, you know, it, it was... It was crazy because my parents and I I, I was so grateful because, you know, I hadn't realized that, you know, every time I see my parents have been so supportive of me, but whenever they come to visit, it's, it's just the high pressure times. It's when I have no energy or time, it's usually an opening or something like that, or I'm doing double duty or something. And so to be able to like actually spend time with them and was something I didn't really even get to do in high school or in college. So like, I don't think, I think accumulatively us, that two months was more time than, all of us have spent in our <laughs> lives. So that was really, I'm so grateful for that.
1: And were you totally reliving like high school dynamics of like everyone fighting and 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 like you leaving socks out and Oh my gosh. Like well that. not, you know, not at first.
3: I think because we were so aware that we are all of a sudden in a two bedroom apartment, you know, and like <laughs> we did it. And again, like my high school experience was like me being sick for a year, you know, and being away. Yeah. So like we of course, you know, Every Like, everything that we needed to uncover and discover as the family came out. Mm-hmm. And I do think, like, even in the tough moments, we were all, like, acknowledging that this was only going to make us better in the long run. But it was, I mean, it was, it was very, it, it was very crazy.
2: You know, and also, I'm
3: such a different person than I was in high school. So <laughs> it was that, too.
1: Well, I love, I love that this show actually is diving back into your past, into your history, into yeah. your first. Yeah. And the fact that you – had I didn't know this, that you had had this time with your family where you got to literally relive some of your first. So let's jump in. What was the first show you ever saw?
3: Yeah, I think the first – what's funny is like I never saw a Broadway show or like had been to New York City until like my my last year of high school. And Mm -hmm. so for me, Broadway – like what was equivalent to Broadway in my mind was like the – Um, public high schools productions in Ann Arbor, Pioneer Theater Girls shows. Mm -hmm. And I remember, because I was really, like, fairly late to the game in terms of musical theater. Like, I guess not really late, but, like, um, middle school is when I really, like, followed my friends to musical, like, community musical theater. Um, It was, like, Young People's Theater in Ann Arbor. And Mm -hmm. really loved it so much but I remember as a middle schooler seeing those shows and then going to see shows at um in Detroit like tours Mm. that came through and I think I might have seen a production of like the producers but Wicked was a big one for me I when Mm. I saw Wicked their tour in Detroit um that oh maybe it was Chicago yes we went to Chicago sometime in middle school and I and I saw Wicked and another show, but I, I, really think the shows that I saw at the high school, mm-hmm. um, had a big impact on me and it just seemed so large. Like it was such a big auditorium and, um, all I wanted to do was be in those productions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 feel the same way. My, I saw summer stock all like growing up and to me, that was Broadway. Like how could Broadway be any better? Was, was there a particular high school production that you just really remember?
3: I think um, seeing, I believe I saw Les Mis mm. there, and I believe, and the ones I remember are Les Mis, Beauty and the Beast, and then I saw at the other high school I went to go see a production of Into the Woods, mm. and I mean that is, I think Into the Woods and Les Mis had a huge impact on me, and I I loved Songtime after that. I, I I think it's the reason Into the Woods and Wicked especially had a Um, and actually Les Mis had an impact on me is they're all stories about a character that is perceived as evil, Mm. you know? And it's like their, um, it's their story. And it really like fascinated me. And Into the Woods being like, I got to intermission, thought it was over. And then there's a whole second act. (laughs) And these are all characters like Cinderella and stuff that I'd known. And to see a different version of it was so mind blowing to me. And it's probably why I love, revivals or like reinvestigating stories that we know and characters that we know because like you just never know what is the reason that somebody is who they are and I think that's why those those shows really had an impact on my brain I think as much as my heart and so I think that that's what excited me about it
1: yeah yeah it's so funny in retrospect that like freshmen play fun teen (laughs) right yeah she was pretty young you know,
3: you, you see like, you, usually like Fontaine is a part that I would, you would give to someone in their late twenties or early thirties. And you're like, wait, no, Fontaine is like a teen yeah. mom, yeah. you know, and, but you need that. But she also was a teen that had so much life experience at that age. And that's why you need someone who's had that kind of life experience to be able to play that part well.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I just, in retrospect, as I, as I grew up and got to know these shows, I'm just always like, I can't believe High school kids Please play like don't. Captain
3: Von Trap. I mean, that's the main thing I tell like students now, like in college and high school. I'm like, don't try to play par- like just because you're playing these parts in high school and college does not mean like no no middle schooler should be playing Captain Von <laughs> And like, you know, like and like these parts and like anything goes and stuff like that. You're like these are these are adult roles, but it's very yeah. it's very sweet.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, some of my some of my favorite memories actually is of the Jimmy Awards performances, where you see these high school kids. You see like six Jean Valjeans doing yeah. <laughs> doing yeah. their their song or their Javert suicide, and you're yeah. just like, or even Whoa. like, isn't
3: your picture from like Annie? I'd like my favorite is. is like when yeah. people do like productions of Annie, and the Daddy Warbucks is the same age as the Annie. <laughs> 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 and they're like singing the adoption song, like together at last. And you're like, you are the same age.
1: <laughs> Perhaps shorter because boys don't uh, grow as fast as girls at that age. I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're so right. Oh, that's hilarious.
2: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 18 plus
1: what was the first show you were in
3: i think it was i mean if we consider i was in like dance recital since i was three mm-hmm. and such um and so i definitely consider those shows but in terms of musicals my first show was our thanksgiving play at bryant elementary school um and were you the turkey? I was in second grade. No, I was Betsy. Betsy Ross. character. No. She's just a <laughs> girl named Betsy. And I believe the plot was, and I think I wore like this Winnie the Pooh brown little jumper. And I believe what, if I remember correctly, I had gone... I had left school for about a week because my grandfather had passed right before mm. Thanksgiving. And so I went to California for that funeral. And then I came back and my second grade teacher, Mr. Doerr, was like, we're doing this play. And him and the music teacher had put it together. And he was like, you're going to be the lead, Betsy. And I was like, wow, I didn't even audition. Like, what? No. <laughs> and, but um, I think it's because he knew. I, I mean, I couldn't. I, I was the kid who like could not raise her hand in class. I was just so mm. loud and everything, but um definitely like a little showman. But I, <laughs> I I think the plot was that Betsy had a night like she it's Thanksgiving weekend and she's like, I don't I can't wait to eat turkey. Um and then she falls asleep and then everybody like the turkeys come and try to kill her because they're upset that she's gonna eat the turkey. And so all the other second graders were in like paper bags dressed as turkeys and they all were running after me. And then I sang my big solo was help by the Beatles. <laughs> And that was my first musical, I'm pretty sure.
1: No, I'm pretty sure that's like an LSD trip about tryptophan, actually. That's (laughs) That's exactly exactly it. Oh my God,
3: that's hilarious. That's probably where they came up with it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Someone got very high one night after eating turkey. Yeah, right. it. But I was
3: like, oh my gosh, wow, this song that I know, Help by the Beatles, is furthering the story. Like, this is so easy to sing because it's part of the plot. Like, so I, I would consider that my first musical, even though it has never been done since. And probably I don't even know what it's about. But
1: until you revive it. Right. And then what happened? So you went to public high school as well and then went to college for th- for theater? Yeah. Well, I... So
3: I think what happened was I, I did know that I loved singing and dancing, but that, that was the extent of my musical theater. And then in middle school, sixth grade, I followed some of my friends because I was also a huge choir geek, like loved uh-huh. choir, acapella groups, um, to the Young People's Theater, they were having auditions for Alice in Concert. And tr- and still I'd never seen a, a musical really, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember getting my first callback and going through that process. And I believe the role I played was the unicorn. Honestly, Alice in Concert is a lit show. I don't know why. I'm <laughs> I'm, I've never heard of anyone doing it, but I was like, these songs are fun. And also like, I don't know. So that was my first <laughs> musical. And then I think the later that year we did the whiz and I played Dorothy again, not something that you know, um, but I think I remember just like getting a kick out of having to come in with the 16 bar and I thought I, I I'm realizing right now, my 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 gosh. I my I think my go-to audition song was Comedy Tonight, which I didn't know was a male <laughs> song. And I would just have different movements and different expressions for like something familiar or something peculiar like all this i had a top hat and a glittery vest like it was really <laughs> it's really cliche now that i think about it but um but yeah before that like in elementary school it was just like the talent show i think i did like um that one so- a song from annie with friend. i always but you know what's funny is i always made a friend do with me i made right. my max who did play captain von trapp in our later production of middle school he i made him sing let me entertain you with me for fifth out, grade show with the glitter, the glitter vest and a cape and choreography and like,
1: poor guy. I don't know. <laughs> like, um, Where is anyway, Max so- now? Is he, is he sane and healthy? Yes, yes, yes. He's, okay. he's the best. You no. Know? <laughs> okay.
3: um, and he, uh, and so, but middle school is when, you know, I did all sorts of, like, Joseph, Amazing Technological Dream Code and Sound of Music. It's when I started really listening to cast recordings. We did mm. Suzuki and I got obsessed. Like, that's where, the uh, cast recordings is really where mm. I found my love of um, m- musicals. And I think it's because I grew up with Suzuki Piano, which is mm. the, the technique where you have to listen for just as much as you practice every day. And then mm. it, like, then you can kind of envision it and it really helps you learn the music because you already know what the melody is supposed to sound like and everything. Um, But I think that's why I was so obsessed with constantly listening to cast recordings and like taking that in and memorizing it in that way before I'd audition um, and be in the show and just like envision it in that way. And then high school, I went to Pioneer um, and that's where I kind of if lucky for me, since it is in the same town as the University of Michigan, which is where I eventually went to school, it's funny the whole. There's a whole generation of um, U of M students who are about eight years older than me, and they were all of my directors in high school, oh, so they wow. were a lot of my mentors. Like Itai Ben Shlomo, like directed me in two different shows, and Benton Whitley, and um, mm-hmm. like just a bunch like a bunch of people, and um, a lot of them had friends who'd come, you know, so it was, that was kind of the, when they, um, them and Susan Hurwitz, who was in charge of that theater program and she's not a performer at all, but she was just so loves the kids there. And it truly was a public school and just an after school program, but Mm. just, we did a lot of the, we would our high school that did a lot of the workshops of like the first Willy Wonka, the first Miss Saigon, the first, like you're in town, that's for high schoolers. Um, and we, And so that's how I kind of really, really got into it. And I think that after I was sick, when I got out, I did, Millie was the show that I did when I came out. And I believe Mm -hmm. I was not supposed to return to school. And it was about three months. I mean, it's insane. I I really, no wonder my parents were so worried, but like, you know, I'm like this bald girl who like, isn't supposed to be walking and I'm doing Millie, but I really, I mean, that's where I, I don't think there was like an aha moment where I was like, now I will be doing musical theater, but it just, Since then, even to this day, I'm kind of just constantly like in the present moment, being like, wait, what? Cool. You know, let's just keep going.
1: Yeah. Um, Um, I love that Millie has such a meaningful place in your life from playing. I mean, yes, you didn't get to play at this time because of this pandemic, but you will. And Millie meant so much to you then, like that, that's remarkable. That's I mean, it was, incredible. it was
3: pretty crazy. I'm, I'm sure, you know, Lear who's just the best yeah, and the like, best. um, and we are, you know, I'm actually meeting with um, meeting, zooming with Janine and Dick. We've been working on the script a lot um, throughout this time, which is really, really exciting. But um, mm-hmm. when she had approached me about playing the role, she had no idea I had any sort of wow. history with it. And I hadn't even thought about it too. Cause again, it was one of those roles where I was like, Oh my God, I'm so happy. It was the CD I listened to the most besides wicked. Wow. Um, and I just, I really grew up on that and doing that show and like dancing and singing in that way, like really, it was my first really lead to, you know, and yeah. really changed me. And I, when I, when I told her it, I mean, it, it's just like a show, like the, Millie is such a survivor too, you know? Totally. So she was, so, she couldn't believe, I mean, we both couldn't believe that out of all the people she knew, she was like, I just feel like you're Millie, you're the Millie that I want to work with. And so that was very impactful. And honestly, like the wigs I wore in that show, um, both the short one and like the long one were all made of my own hair. They the ones wow. that I, I, you know, I, I cut, I shaved off of my hair at the beginning of my um, cancer treatments. And I I was actually, when I was going home at the beginning of pandemic, I was picking up one of those wigs to bring back to wear, you know, but wow. like, and I didn't want to make this show. We didn't really talk about it. Cause I was like, I don't want to make this about that. But when we, right. we recently did a zoom reading just to kind of hear this new, what the rhythm was and what this new version was. And like, I was like, wow, I haven't spoken these words for over a decade now, and it, it's just so crazy to like be the woman that I am now and doing. You know, it's 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 yeah. very full circle in a way that is bigger than me.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That is beautiful. Well, I had wanted to see your Millie before all this. But <laughs> I assure you, there is no way I will be missing it after all this. Uh, first professional show, Ashley. What was it?
3: Professional. Um, I believe. Well, I got my equity card at Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera (PCLO) because uh-huh. um, uh-huh. in college, you know, something we all did at U of M was like everybody would go down and audition at these different summer stocks. Um, uh-huh. And but I believe I the summer before my freshman year of college, I I had done Miss Saigon at my high school my senior year, uh-huh. um, and they were doing Miss Saigon at the Music Theater of Wichita. Um, That summer. And so one of our professors who also works there was like, oh, she has to be Kim and the Miss Saigon there. But I think that they were like, how could we trust a high schooler to be the lead in our summer stock show? So I ended (laughs) up just being in the production and being the understudy, which I think is hilarious now because I'm like an understudy for a two-week summer stock run is hilarious. Like, thanks for that. But so that was my, I guess my first like professional gig, but I got my equity card through PCLO. Okay. I love PCLO. uh, oh my gosh, me too. And like, honestly, like, I think the first summer that I worked there where I got my equity card, we were also doing Miss Saigon. They did a, a small tour of Miss Saigon through like Toronto and and mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and stuff. So that was that year. But the next year was when I did the full season. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that, you know, that's when I met Elizabeth Stanley, who's in Jaguar. <gasps> like she was, we did Jekyll and Hyde mm-hmm. together. And I was, I mean, my favorite thing is that Corey Cott mm-hmm. and I, I mean, Corey was actually supposed to be my Jimmy um, and <laughs> Millie, which is another full circle because we got our equity cards together. He had been in that uh, it, and then we did the next season together, and we were dance partner. We are the featured dancers in every show, which is so funny now. But like, we were like, "Why are we the dancers?" But we, I mean, I got super close to that. You know, it's where I understood how to be like an on, like really, em- like I loved being an ensemble member. I loved learning shows so fast, and then like people like Elizabeth. Um, Wow. And Rob Cuccioli and like Brian O'Malley, you know, like all of them would come and do this summer stuff, you know, and it, and now being somebody who would, I don't know, like it, it, it was very, like those were like, oh my gosh. And I, and I still think so highly of them, but it was such a far and attained thing to be like a yeah. Broadway actor who comes and does these shows, you know, so I, I learned so much. And I, and I, I, um, and like Liz Callaway came, we did this like Andrew Lloyd Webber yeah. show called Love Changes Everything. And uh-huh. just to like get to meet these people and also kind of um, see how lovely and humble so many of them could be, I, it really, uh, it re- I think it really, really had a good impact on me.
1: Well, um, that's a good place to get your start. Pittsburgh's a lovely town. Yeah, it was fun. I'm a big fan. It was really here. fun. So it's dream time. Uh, this is where I ask, if you could be in any show, anywhere, at any time, what would it be? Well, oh, that's
3: hard. I know. It is hard. You know why? I think, okay, well, this is kind of a cliche, non-specific answer, and then I'll tell you why the question's hard. Okay. Um, for, firstly, I think I would, you know, I've never, I've only been to London, like, twice mm-hmm. and there's something about and maybe just because it's something I've, I've not I love things that scare me and are challenging and I've really haven't delved into the world of Shakespeare yet like I recently did my first play and I loved it. Grand Horizons um, was your first play? It was my first professional play. Wow. <laughs> when wow. I got it Jesse Ty Ferguson was like should I call them and let them know this is your first play? <laughs> like, I mean, like I honestly that's why like Lee Silverman and Bess Wool, I was like Wait, really? Like, why you? Why are you so confident that I'm like? They were very much like, Ashley's the person for this part. Like, bring her in. Like, we, you know, and it it really did fit so well on. I mean, I, like, I loved it, but I I I really didn't, you know. So it really was my first professional. I'd never wow. I'd never done a play. But, you know, I, I consider K-pop a play with music, too. Absolutely. You know? and I know that, like, I, I think I learned so much from that show and that process. But I think if I could be in anything – can I also be a different person? Yes. I'm gonna, my is, dream, okay, my so dream is dream. to be Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music movie. Mm. Like, The Sound of Music movie, I think, is untouchable. It's like my – I think that was actually I, – I would consider my first show that I saw. Because I do think that that's what made me really love Rogers and Hammerstein and music. And I, I wore that VCR down thin Mm -hmm. and it was just so like to have an epic sweeping story like that. And that was like grounded in like a real, real thing. Like I, that like, since I was little was my number one. Um, so if I could be Julie Andrews in that, I think that would be a dream.
1: But I also think that, huh? Yeah. I just want to picture you with that haircut for a minute. (laughs) Oh okay. okay.
3: <laughs> I don't think I could pull up anything as well as Julie Andrew. She's an icon for to me. But um, I think one of the best experiences theatrically of my life was getting to be seen partner to Miriam and Ma- Um yeah. when she just made her triumph of returning King and I and just not only getting to watch her and listen to her every day, but like feel like being held by her. And, like, being her support and her being my support through that show and The King and I. Um, I I just loved her as a scene partner. And, you know, she she came into the show. So we didn't get to rehearse yeah. together, really, or build something together. So if I could, my dream would have been to create a show with mm-hmm. her. And really, because she was just, like, so smart, so generous, so fun but disciplined. And, like, you just knew you were in good hands. So generous but also knows when to take her space. Um, and just understands every part of it. So I learned so much from that. And like, my favorite part of any show is like the, the, the building of it and the process of finding the characters together and finding the relationships, because that's the only way you can live in it eight times a week is like, you can deepen these characters and their relationships, but you can't really widen it and within the scope of the story. So the rehearsal time is the most fun. And I think that's the time where we see the most like, failure and growth in like building the story too. And I just think it would have—I mean—to be in like an original Sondheim show with like her
1: um, would have re- would be a dream. Well, that's kind of beautiful. I, I mean, it's it's interesting to talk with you about theater and your theater experiences because you are having a big television and television experience right now. Yes, we mm-hmm. we got to see you on Emily in Paris. I've watched every episode. I loved it. Aww. I. Yeah. Lived we just for announced Patrick. season two today. Yes, I know. Yeah, it's exciting. It's very exciting. I knew it was coming. I talked to Patricia Field not long ago, so I knew. it was Oh, really? Coming. Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> the
3: best. I mean, talk about again the icons who like uh-huh. you. She she doesn't have to be as kind as she is because yeah. she's just. I, I would do anything and wear anything she says, but just the most collaborative. Like that's oh my god,
1: it's it's amazing. And and Darren Starr, I mean, so. So I'm sure you've got, I'm sure you've been asked this question numerous times, but because this is a theater lover show, what is the real difference between performing in a theatrical show and, and and performing in a television show? Because you talked a lot about how some performances were. Uh, the alchemy of the relationship had to happen while on stage because you didn't have a rehearsal time. Others, you grew up doing every sort of workshop and reading of it. Now with television, like that process is pretty different Though there is rehearsal. It's really about the camera and you too. So just oh, yeah, fill us in a bit.
3: I mean, it's so funny and, and people have asked me, what do you, which do you prefer? And um, the ungrateful answer is the one that I'm not doing at the moment. <laughs> um, and I also love the one I'm doing at the moment more, you know, yeah. um, yeah. I, I think it's so hard to compare cause they really, it's like asking which, which of your kids you like better or like mm-hmm. something like that. It's just, they're so different. And I think the main thing is exactly what you're saying is, I mean, the reason I, I think theater is so sacred and the reason I love it so much is because, and the reason I also, um, the most heartbreaking part about it for me is the fleeting nature of it which is that every show every night is is with a different is a different alchemy of the audience and cast right and the people yeah. working backstage and it 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 can just never be reproduced and even if you have the same exact if you did a show with the same exact cast and the same exact audience two days in a row, mm-hmm. every human has woken up the next day a different person, right? Yes. So yes. it just can never be the same. And so there's something so beautiful about that. And that's why it's so special. That's why we're missing it so much. It just can't be recreated. But that's also like the saddest thing for me. Like I, I'm that, i that, I really, it's devastating for me when I have to leave a show or when a show closes. Yeah. Like I'm that person who's crying the most because I get so nostalgic. And I just can't believe like, oh, my gosh, like it's never going to be this again. Yeah. Versus um, with film and TV, it's it, you, you say goodbye in a different way, w- meaning that, you know, I get to live with the characters but within the same story on stage for a long period of time if the show is successful, you know? Yeah. Um, and do that deepening thing but not widening thing. But with film and TV, I remember there are some scenes in like Emily in Paris and, you know, like Lily comes from the film world, I come from the theater world and we met on this TV world and we would – be in these costumes and be doing these scenes and like our banter and everything we'd find and we'd click and we'd find all these different rhythms, all these different ways in and out and discover all these things. And then they say, cut for the last time we're wrapped for the day. And we, I remember one day we were like, I can't believe we never are doing this again. (laughs) Like we're never doing this again. This is so crazy. You know, like again, theater, it's, you have a, unless it's, you're in a show that only two people came to, you know, but like yeah. you have a, a whole set of perspectives and audience that you're playing to at once. And, um, on film, I really found that you, you really have to trust your scene partners and directors in a different kind of way because you are, their only audience member is the lens
1: Right. Let, let's talk about Girls5eva bef- before we end today. Um, I, I actually call it Girls5eva because that's- Oh my God, hilarious. <laughs> that's actually what it says. But I, yes. I, I I remember as a kid, when people used to write, I love you for EVA, I was like, you know, you just wrote, I love you for Eva. And people were like, ha ha ha. No, that's for Eva. Anyway. Forever. Oh, I love that. So Girls5eva sounds amazing. <laughs> Yeah. us the headline.
3: I mean, it again, it's like, this is why I can't even like um, articulate or manifest dreams anymore because yeah. it's like these dream situations come out of, you know, like if I, I could have never even dreamt this scenario for myself. And again, it's because I think recently I've been like, I have so, you know, Grand Horizons being the first time I worked with both a female director and female writer um, mm-hmm. and just have not having to nap, like not navigating that process and not saying that I've worked with the most incredible male directors and mentors and writers and producers too.
1: But it's different. But, I, it's but different. It, it, it,
3: it was different, you know, yeah. and, um, I've been so excited by the female writers and directors in my life. And so like, again, to do this, I'm, the fact that, I mean, for me, the greatest compliment is not that oh, this person was so good in this project, but is truly when people are lead with, oh, she's Im- incredible to work with, I'd work with her again. And so the the best compliment, the, the best part of getting this job for me was that Tina Faye and Jeff Richman were like, and their company was like, oh, we trust Ashley, we would love to work with her again. You know, okay. so that is already the best part for me. I already know I'm coming into great hands. They've been such great mentors for me. Um, but also, the fact like working with like Sarah Bareilles and Busy Phillips and Paula Pell and Renee Elise Goldberry these are all women. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe yeah. I get to add them to like my like uh, like this community of big sisters that I've gained. You know, like yeah, you know, yeah. King and I was like Kelly and Marin and Ruthie and you know Tales of the City. I had Ellen Page and Laura mm-hmm. Linney. Oh my god, that that would be my dream too. If me and Laura oh, wow. and Marin could be in a play together, that would be my. I would be set for life. Truly. All of us. All of but, um, us. Would be. But I, I, I don't take it lightly that again, like I have these like females who are just such amazing role models to me as like people, as mothers, as like like artists. Like I, I, I think the luckiest part for me is getting to be in their vicinity, um, and also like be a support for them. Like I'm somebody who they were excited to work with and trust too. But like, yeah. also, like being in a nineties girls band is my ultimate. We've only filmed the pilot so far, but even like some of the music videos and like, I'm playing a character named Ashley, and it's just like the best, it is the
1: best time. Ashley, we have a surprise section that we don't tell our guests about. And it is a lightning round in which I say the name of a musical, you say (gasps) the name of the emotional theme that you think of right away. Wait, what? I don't even remember any emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I know none of us do, but it, it's gonna come. It's gonna be instinctual. I promise you. Got it. Okay. 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 Here we go. Uh
3: huh.
1: Rent. Oh, um, what's that? Oh my god, what's the word? Like angsty. Oliver.
3: Oh, I, I'm I, the first thing I'm doing is like, well, once more. I'm like quoting it in my head. Um, what's an emotion? I mean.
1: Youth is not an emotion. That, no, that is. That's good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sweeney Todd. Oh, scary. Pippin. Curious?
3: Funny girl. Mm, gumption. Fiddler on the roof. Loyalty? I don't know. Yeah. Family? Company. 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 What's, what's the word for, like, self-worth or self-discovery? Perfect. Figuring out who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Into the woods. Um... Wait, why am I so bad at this game? <laughs> Into the w- I just don't understand what emotions are. <laughs> Into the woods is like what emotion is what's the emotional theme? And, 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 no one is
1: alone. How about no that? No one is
3: alone. No, I know that's I keep on thinking of song titles. Like that's I can okay. think a song title game. <laughs>
1: we actually we have a song titled Lightning Round, but I think. Do you have time to do that one? We can do that one if you'd rather.
3: Yes, go ahead. Am I so bad at this? I mean, it's probably entertaining for people. Wait, yeah. I really want to think of the emotion that I associate with Into the Woods. It's very like it makes my heart swell, but I don't know what that emotion is.
1: There's more than what you see. There's more yeah. there than what you see. I mean, truly, the idea is like so many of these shows from our upbringing actually mean different things to us at different points in our life no totally and that's what I love about like the lightning round because it can change over time too yeah 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 um well listen we're out of time and I adored every minute of this hour so thank you for being here and for being you
3: thank you for having me this has been very fun I studied all the pictures and magazines and books
1: I memorize the subway map, too. My First Show is produced by Josh Altman, MEP, Demaces, Dori Berenstein, and, and Alan Seals, Mother's and is part source. of the Broadway Podcast Network. Manhattan. This episode was edited by Derek Gunther. For Special 30. thanks to Leslie Papa and Whitney Holden-Gore at Vivacity Media Group. For more info about the podcast, visit bpn.fm backslash myfirstshow. Follow me on Instagram you at no in Eva R. Price.
0: Wants to roam. Mm-hmm.
1: But I do, though they wonder
0: why. They said I would soon be good and lonely. They said I would sing the homesick blues. So I always have this ticket in my pocket, a ticket home in my pocket, to do with as I choose. Burn the bridge, bet the store Baby's coming home no more Not for the life of me Break the lock, post my bail Done my time, I'm out of jail Not for the life of me A life that's gotta be more than a one night town Where the light is always red Gotta be more than an old ghost town Where the ghost hangs